Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning and welcome to Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for December 14th, 2015. Hard to believe it's December 14th, (laughs) but here we go. Forgive us here this morning. We are working off of an old PowerPoint. We had a computer issue where I'm not able to access my PowerPoint and stuff, so we're a little bit uh, disorientated, but we will go through uh, what we can. So if you're watching this on YouTube or some other venue, come on over to our website, check out our programs. We have the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and uh, we have uh, also have the APM Squared program as well as the Masterclass series now. So lots of good stuff going on over there. Uh, Sherry has some stuff to share with you regarding Hawaii. So I and what we have coming up on the schedule, we have a very very full schedule coming up. So I'm just going to pop up the page here for her, and she's going to just talk to you about some stuff going on. Stuff that's going on. I created this calendar page in the hopes that this would help um, keep everybody informed as to what's going on. So today at ten, John has his um, the seven figure trade over with uh, Options Tribe members, and then. Tomorrow he'll be on Options Tribe. So, um, and all registrants for the live presentation can attend. You don't have to be a member of Options Tribe to do that. Now, he's going to go over technical analysis for income trades uh, tomorrow at five, and then um, they're going to be there's going to be a community coaching session Wednesday night at nine for our Premium Plus members, and then on Friday we have. Uh, David, who's going to come talk about his successful options traders of the month. So I'm going to quickly pop over here, and there's David. Congratulations to David. To register, you can register right here on the presentations page uh, in the community. And I was going to pop over to our groups just to show you that we added a couple more. So I added a public Trading Triangle Live page that we're going to be posting to regularly to uh, give more information about the seminar that's coming up and the exciting information about that. And I also created another group for the Masterclass series 
for people to post questions and or uh, discussions about the Masterclass Series program. So I have that, and then I was going to show, just go over where you can find the information about the Trading Triangle Live seminar. And so that's over on our regular website, thelockinyoursuccess.com. And it has all of the information here, and I have been updating it. Uh, for those of you considering, I have some tips about airlines. Uh, I have a friend who is a native from Hawaii, and she told me Allegiant Air, United, and also Alaskan Air um, have really good rates to go to Hawaii. So um, just another tip about that. And we're going to be scheduling activities, and there will be more information to come. So looking, really, really looking forward to that. And I hope you guys enjoy this morning's talk. Here's John. All right. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, oh, Gail likes a new calendar. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So super. Yeah, this does help everybody keep track and don't miss anything because I do a lot of things that nobody even knows about. They say, oh, I didn't know you did that. So, uh, so Sherry's really helping out with that type of stuff so that we can keep everybody informed. All right. Let's go over and take a look at what's going on in the market. So last week, looking at the Russell, oh, I think we were at a bounce here coming off the 1170. So the week before last, we said, well, we know the Russell is pretty much of a no-brainer. If it comes down, it's coming down to 1170. It's likely to bounce. That's kind of where we were sitting at last week. And then from there, basically, we had a Russell that looked kind of neutral. We had SPX, Dow, and NASDAQ that were actually had some bullish candles set at a support level. Um, and I was kind of taking that with a grain of salt, especially since the Russell wasn't confirming. So uh, basically said if the Russell drops down, it's going to 1140. It's going to be its next bounce point. And we dropped down to 1140. We had our bounce. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't last long. We got another breakdown. So the market's just being very, very weak. Um, now that we've broke down the 1140, the most likely place for the Russell to go is 1080. If we take a look at, if you do typical price pattern analysis and you run some patterns here, you know, and we just run a quick reverse Fibonacci, you know, 100% retracements right at 1080. Uh, I'm sorry, we uh, have to actually move this up a little higher. We come to the actual top of here, right? Our re Fibonacci retracements are right in the 1080 area, actually slightly underneath it, which also coincides with our last major bottom. That essentially from a pure technical analysis standpoint, puts us at uh, a 1080 price point for a target off of that. Whether we're going to go that far or not, you know, we don't know, obviously. Uh, we, could obviously we could just as easily bounce off the 1100 area, but it would not make sense for the Russell looking at it by itself to turn here. Uh, so I would say for the week, we're going to come down at least touch 1100. We're going to need to see what kind of a bounce we get off that area. But our longer-term target, or in the next week or so, is going to be the 1080. Keeping in mind that the end of December, and we've been saying this for a while, the end of December is typically bullish. But you know that doesn't happen every year. It's just like 80% of the time. So. It wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be unusual for us to get some bullish movement in towards the end of the year, so we'll have to watch out for that. It might cause the market to turn a little bit early. But uh, devoid of anything else, 
our technical analysis uh, patterns are putting us at 1080. So one of the things we do like to do is compare this with what's going on in the other indices. NASDAQ, from a technical standpoint, should bottom at 4,500. If it doesn't bottom at 4,500, then that's more evidence that we're going at 1080. The uh, Dow realistically should bottom right about now. This is actually a dirty support level. Uh, by dirty, I mean it's uh, you, if you go back in longer term with this, you consider you can consider this a support level all the way down to around the 16, uh, 16.8 area. So um, certainly we have a reason for people to buy the Dow here, so that's a little bit short-term bullish. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. For some reason, my computer, whole computer blinked down. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so... It makes sense to turn here, but it also makes sense to pull down into the uh, under 1700 as well. So uh, either way, uh, the, the Dow isn't telling us uh, that we're necessarily going to turn early, but it, it looks like, uh, like I said, it, it has a reason to buy there. The SPX, on the other hand, has broken down from this shorter-term support level and is likely to pull down to 1990. So evidence is pushing towards this market going lower for the week. And that's what I'm going to call it, even if we get some sort of an uh, intraday bounce or something. So that's what I'm thinking as far as the markets go. Let's take a look at what's going on with the trades. So we have a... December bearish butterfly. This, as we were said last week and the week before that, there were multiple reasons uh, that this should have been exited. Uh, we were talking about exiting it at well over 10% uh, before 21 days to expiration during that week. We were talking about it last week, I think two times. We were up just under $5,000. Again, very good reasons to exit. I told you I was going to stay in this position because we didn't hit the numbers. And this is a good demonstration of why you exit when the timing is well. And just don't follow strictly follow your rules all the time, right? I mean, you follow your rules, but within, the, within reason. There's nothing magic about a $5,000 number. This could have been exited at 6,500. It could have been exited at 40, uh, 49.8 and 48.5. Right, with the two days, two high days. Now we're in here, we come in next expiration, and the market gets, um, starts to move a lot. Now this trade, particularly the bearish butterfly, which is why we go 21 days, and our objective at that point is to get out of this at a reasonable profit. Had we done that, we would be doing well, but we did not do that, and the market decided not to cooperate. So what we ended up doing here is we ended up taking a loss. But I will show you the, the guidelines move to the loss. Uh, and then we're going to talk about option view a little bit because I forgot to mention that uh, coming in. I'd like to actually talk about the option view model a bit. But um, this, uh, and just so that you know, I did update this uh, during the week. So if you go back and go back trader, part of the week was used off the old model. Part of the week is used off the new model. So you may see differences in back trading that because there, there is a significant difference between the models. But Monday, this is what we looked like. We were in two-thirds at 1180 and 1200. 
we were over our maximum positive delta range and the position looked like this. So as per expiration guidelines, you want to get our delta down to around plus 250. We do that by selling out some of the 1200s, buying some 1140s, and if I open that, right, we actually did, actually no, I did not do any 1140s, I only sold some of the 1200s, six 1200s off, brought us down to about plus 222. So I think we had adjustments every day on this trade. Yeah, so Tuesday, we start, we can adjust intraday on uh, bearish butterfly and expiration guidelines, particularly 10 days to expiration. So Tuesday, we start doing that. So Tuesday at 10.30. All right, and this just gets worse and worse because of the, uh, the way the market tanked out last week. So here we are, Tuesday, 10.30. I end up selling off the rest of the 1200s, starting to buy into the 1140s. So we have 10 1140s now. We're down to five. Uh, I'm sorry, we have five 1140s, and we're completely out of the 1200s. So that is that position there. So we went from here to there. We have coming into Wednesday. This was done at the end of the day. So here we are, end of day Wednesday. Our delta limits, just, uh, our end of day delta is around plus 250. So we come in here. We add more of the 1140s. We take off two of the 1180s. Now we're running about plus 235 delta. Ends up in a position that looks like that. Of course, if the market stabilized, would have been pretty good. As a matter of fact, I don't think Thursday looked too bad at all. Right? So if we look at Thursday, we, again, are a little bit more positive delta than we want to be. So I did a little bit more. I pulled off more of these 1180s, and that's going to put us, I believe, five of them we pulled off. Right, so now we're down to only, th oh, I'm sorry, we have three, three 1180s here. And then we have, uh, so we have 10 1140s, 10 1160s, 7 1180s, uh, 7 1180s up here. So 7 1180s. And we're in a position that looks like this. And of course, the 20 point move down on Friday took this position out the aggressive move. So if we come to the end of the day, right, this was not at 18, it was actually at 15 something. I do not know why the numbers changed on me. Oh, I know why, because I took off all the trades for the day. Let me put the trades back on. Let me go back a half an hour. We did some intraday adjustments here, right? If you look at the T-log, some of them were done early. Um, Right, so we were uh, minus 13, uh, 57 at 1500. We go to the end of the day, hit the reports button here. We come out with a loss of uh, about 15,598, which is about 31%. So normal loss for the bearish butterfly. This was not a necessary loss. This is certainly something that could have happened. And that's another issue that we dealt with this month is uh, analytics that were off 
And at the same time, we had a situation that took advantage of those analytics. If the, the, um, the previous version of Option View, the one we were using, if you remember, we were averaging our live positions. We were not averaging these. If you did average them or if you were using the 7.8 model, you did not adjust up as aggressively. And this is this interesting how a series of events can happen. You did not adjust up as aggressively if you were on this model. Therefore, um, those times when we were at like $4,900 or $4,800 last week uh, in this position, we would have been at around $6,000. And we would have exited the trade at profit target because of that. Uh, and that was the issues that we were having with the old model. And then with the new model, um, just comparing the new model to the original model from a very small sample now, right? Because I'm just starting, uh, I personally am just starting to look at this, but I have had some students and some other associates who've been looking at the modeling. This new model to the upside is slightly more negative delta than the original model, but it's a lot less negative delta than the seven point, um, 7.7, whatever it was, this last model that we we're having. So that problem seems to be corrected. And as far as the upside goes, as far as I can tell thus far, it's not different enough from the original model where it's going to cause any sort of an issue. What may be a challenge is to the downside, the way the downside was reached, uh, the way the downside is reacting, when you get uh, positive delta to the downside, it's not showing as positive delta as the other model. So one of the things I noticed when I was doing some back testing, particularly on the expiration bearish butterfly, is you're just not hitting your delta numbers to make your intraday adjustments when you should. Um, that may require a, um, a guideline change in that particular trade. It didn't seem to be a problem in the M3 trade because we're so conservative with that anyway. Uh, might be a small issue in the rock trade. So we may be looking at moving some um, downside uh, delta guidelines. For now, I would just be very conservative as far as how much positive delta you let the position go because it doesn't seem to be showing enough positive delta. In other words, it's, it's underestimating losses to the downside right now, uh, as far as I can tell. So upside, I keep everything the same. Downside, you might want to be a little bit faster on your moves. So that's what I'm thinking with that. So let me just have some questions here. Could I please go to the graph to analyze uh, after each adjustment? Yeah, sure. Let's, um, actually, I have a, a lot of questions here. Let me see if I can't this here. All right. So here, let me just do this for this day. Let me go to opening here on the fifth right so here's where the market opened it opened down about 15 points here's what we look like on our analyzed graph uh, way down here we were already pushing the trade to the downside so not a big not a, a big surprise there so here we're already over positive Delta coming into uh, the open now I you know, you can't really adjust at 9.30, nor do I necessarily recommend that, so we wouldn't have adjusted here anyway, coming to 10 o'clock. 
usually I, I recommend people go to till 10.30. Coming at 10 o'clock, we are plus 2.54, no adjustments there. All right, coming into here. Let's see, what time did I do this on Friday? I just need to check. Actually, I'd have to look at the T-log. Oh, I didn't do anything on Friday. I let the trade go Friday. So no adjustments on Friday. It was uh, until, oh, hold on. Yeah, I had a 10 o'clock adjustment right here. So let me close that. Right, so we were over maximum of delta here at 10 o'clock on Friday. So I made an adjustment. I pulled off some of the upper butterflies, I'm sure. And if we look at it pre-adjustment, it looks like that. We go post-adjustment. Oops, that's all right. I can just put this on. It's the only one we made, I think. Post-adjustment, we look like that. So we're just kind of building the tent uh, to the backside here. And hopefully that is what you're looking for. The rest of the day here, it was just uh, not doing a whole lot. So I don't, I'm not going to go through every adjustment because it will be here all day and show the graph before and after. But typically, this is, typically what we're doing is when we get two positive delta, we're building this side of the tent. When we get two negative delta, and then we're collapsing this side of the tent. And when we get the other way around, we collapse this side of the tent and do that side of the tent. So we're just kind of following the market around with the uh, anticipation of the market stalling and the money coming into that. Here is the T-log, and you can go back and you can experience that yourself. Uh, December bearish butterfly, did I exit because I reached maximum loss or because it could not be managed to reduce loss uh, for preserved capital? Uh, it hit maximum loss, so our maximum loss on this was $15,000 or 30%, so it, uh, it came out. You're going to find on, when we look at the rock trade, that trade was exited because I didn't think I could manage it. So, but this trade here is that. Uh, apologies for the unrelated question, but am I using Option View on Windows 10? Yes, I am using Option View on Windows 10. Um, let's see. And if so, are there any special settings given that is yet to be supported by the by the RIT? Um, I have had no problems at all with Option View on Windows 10. There's no special settings. I just came in and used it in the normal manner, so I haven't had any uh, haven't had any problem. Okay, so that is that. Given the down move, let's, okay, so I'm going to look at these other questions a little bit later because they're all um, different. Okay, so, uh, this is one other question. Okay, here's a, a comment. Option view works better on Windows 10 than it did on the other thing for this particular person. So, all right. Since December bearish butterfly uh, could have been much bigger gainer than 5,000, so to keep the results fair, do you plan to put this position as a loss in yearly results? Uh, yes. I, this is going to be a, a, a loss in the yearly results, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I post the results as they come out on the site, so we will be posting this as a loss, which I'll show you shortly. So that is the December bearish butterfly. I'm just going to move up a little bit here more on the questions. Uh, is there an issue with the V condor? No. Um, I'm not sure what kind of issue you're asking about, Andrew. Uh, but no, not thus far. Given the down move last week, would I hesitate to enter a bearish butterfly this week? 
I don't. I'd have to. I'd have to price it out, assuming that we're looking at like a seven to eight dollar butterfly. I mean, from a technical standpoint, that December is usually bullish, and we've been down a lot. It typically does does not make for a good bearish butterfly entry. However, from a volatility standpoint, that trade performs tends to perform, perform fantastic in volatile markets. So. I don't really have an issue with entering it. However, I am aware that uh, there's a if we get a really really large up move, then you know that's that's the weakness of the trade in general, especially on entry. So you can do some range extension techniques if you want. You can enter it a little bit flatter delta than normal. You can go into more of an M3ish thing. Do some hedging techniques if you want to plan to do that ahead of time. Um, but you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Sometimes these are the best months when the markets are sideways. So, all right. Can I repeat about the impact of Option View 7.8 to guidelines in M3? I don't think there's going to be any guidelines issues on an M3 thus far. Uh, the fact that you're slightly more negative delta on an M3 is usually beneficial in most markets anyway. The um, the challenge of maybe not showing quite enough positive delta that may be uh, a reason to possibly lower the delta guidelines from the plus 50. However, on the flip side of that, the only, the only, the only place you're really going to, that's really going to be a problem is if you have a, if you have an absolute market blowout. So, I mean, for the most part, letting it go over plus 50 I would say, on average, on an M3 in general, you're probably going to you're probably going to end up with a better trade that way anyway, because most of the time the market reverses and goes back up. So I don't think it's really going to be necessary to do anything with the M3 guidelines. If we do choose to do anything, uh, when we do more extensive testing, it's going to be maybe cutting maybe your positive delta from plus 50 to plus 40. But I'm not sure that's even an issue because the sample size I did was so small thus far. But that's the only thing that I see so far is that this may not be displaying enough positive delta uh, on the new model. So, uh, so that's what I have. So there shouldn't be a big deal with that. Hopefully that answers everything. Uh, with that, so that is our December bearish butterfly. Go back to Monday. We'll take a look at yeah, fifty yeah plus fifty delta end of day end of day right. We don't use intraday delta guidelines in the M3. We just kind of we let it go to the end of the day. If it's over fifty, we adjust it. Or or two, if you don't trade at the end of the day, whatever your whatever your adjustment uh, time is, we tend to ignore intraday stuff with that. So let me go to Monday. People who use intraday delta usually at least double that, so plus 100 intraday. And I don't even necessarily recommend doing that. I typically don't. But uh, there are some positions I do that on that are they're very large and conservative, like the trade desk position sometimes. But um, that's not my money. My money, I let it ride uh, the day. Unless, of course, there's like a market crash going on, and then we, we adjust on a bounce or something like that. But in other words, we adjust opportunistically. So here is our December M3 as of Monday, November 30th. Let's just go to Monday, December 7th.
So here we are, December 7th. We, uh, uh, previous to adjustment, our position looks like this. Okay, nice looking trade. We're over our positive delta limits. We are going to take a look at doing an adjustment. All I did is I moved some of these 1170s down to 1160, and I moved two of these uh, 1190s down to 1180 to produce a T plus zero line that was relatively flat. If the market had been deeper into the tent here, we would have done a rollback, but uh, we were still pretty far from the tent, uh, from the lower shorts. So we just kind of moved this in a little bit, moved that on a little bit, and gave us a position that uh, looked like that, just correcting our delta. On Tuesday, we had nothing on uh, see nothing on Tuesday. Right, Wednesday we're back far enough where it actually does make sense to do so to, to do a rollback because we're fairly close to the short strikes here. So we came in here, we rolled our 11.40 down to 11.20, right down to 11.20, and then we had five 11.20, 11.40. Verticals and five 1120, 1160 verticals. I'm sorry, 11, 1150 verticals gave us a position that looks like this. I did not change the call. No, I left the call alone. So this is the the new position there. Let me show you the old position and the new position. Right, that was the existing position. That's the rollback position there. So we keep our T plus zero line flat to the upside we get, let ourselves uh, some room to the downside. So that's that. Uh, and like I said, I did not change the call. I just left it where it is. Actually, it's not even, we could have actually rolled the call up if we needed to take some capital out of the trade, which we may have pushed the capital limit on this couple times. If that was the case, we would have just rolled up the call, which is essentially going to make no difference in the trade other than uh, the capital limit. All right, so Thursday, do we have anything Thursday? Nothing Thursday. I will show you Thursday. All right, position looks like that. And then Friday, we come here, we are go to the end of the day, we're positive at 235 delta, we are once again at our short strikes. So what I did here again is we did another rollback. I rolled, I think, back to 1100. Right, so we rolled back to 1100 with 10, 1100, 1120 verticals. I also did two 1150, 1140s to help flatten the T plus zero line to the upside. And if we take a look at that, this puts us into a position that looks like that. Let me see if I have uh, my T log all hit here. I do not. So let me show you an existing like that. Uh, that is, let me do prior to adjustment here. So prior adjustment, we look like this. After adjustment, we roll back and look like that. So this is drawn down a little bit. Not so bad that we are going to necessarily have a losing issue, but bad enough. We we're probably not necessarily, I mean, we're certainly not going for 10% necessarily anymore. 
Uh, we'll have to see how this week reacts. With the way it's wiggling around, this could go either way. The market settles down, we'll do fine. If it takes off to the upside, we'll probably take a small loss. If it continues to tank to the downside, eh, we may lose a little bit more, but uh, 1800 down is not uh, that big a deal for this. It's still certainly recoverable. So that is that. Let me show you the T-log here. This, is, this should display the moves we made in the last week. And I'm going to go to the December rock trade, which had similar moves, but I did something a little bit different here. Right, so if I go over to the rock trade, this is what this trade looked like prior to adjustment. Again, we're using slightly higher delta numbers on the rock trade. We're using plus 100. So um, we exceeded that anyway. So we're going to come in here. We're going to this one here. I did a rollback instead of um, instead of. Remember on the M3, and I'm just trying to introduce a little bit of variety here. If you remember on, on the M3, I didn't roll back at this point. I just kind of tucked in our upper short strikes. Let's go before adjustment. This is what the position looked like prior to adjustment. This is what we look like with the rollback. Right? Not always... A better idea to do a rollback. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to withstand more down move, especially if you roll back and you have to have a lot of verticals in here. This does tend to make you sensitive to volatility on the downside, whereas if I just move the shorts in, that makes me less sensitive to the volatility when the market goes down. So I put myself into a position like this. It's going to make me more sensitive to volatility than the other adjustment. So depending on where you think the market's going to go, you can do one adjustment over the other. But that's what I did with this one. And it just kind of shows the differences, which is really cool. So I did that. And realistically, this position didn't require any other adjustments during the week. But because of the volatility sensitivity, it did get hammered on Friday. Right? If this was an M3, this would have required a downside adjustment here. If it was a straight M3, but it wasn't, it's a rock trade, so we, we usually give it a little bit more room, so I didn't do anything there. Thursday, obviously, the market was up. Right, so we look like this. And then Friday, the volatility hit takes us out. Not out uh, from a, well, it doesn't really take us out, but let's take a look at what it did. So here's what we have is we had that hard down move. And again, because this position is going to be a little bit sensitive to volatility, we are down uh, $5,000. If we take a look at our analyzed graph, we have a position that looks like this. Now, this is a recoverable position. I could come in here. Uh, Rock Trade allows a $10,000 drawdown. I'm only down $5,000. However, I'm not in Rock Trade positioning. I'm in M3 positioning. Uh, also. Um, in order to fix this and to be able to actually make my money back, I have to stay aggressive. I have to stay on top of the market, right? Uh, on top of that, the, the, uh, if I look at my average true range, which is what I use this for, right? I have a, a 25 on the SPX, what do I have on the Russell? 
right? I'm running a 15, 16 point average true range. If I take a look at 50, what 15 point moves are going to do to me if I'm tight on top of the market, they're going to do to me what the bearish butterfly did, which is basically just take me out at max loss anyway. In other words, there's not a good risk reward here in actually taking this and trying to, uh, to work this trade out. It's just, it's much easier, much better for me just to go off into the next month. So um, I just exited the trade here. I just took it off at about a five, slightly over $5,000 loss. And that, um, that's that. So here's that. Um, T-log, I'll quickly just do that right here. And that's the whole trade. Not a, not a heck of a lot of adjustments with this one. But, uh, but we got beat up a little bit. Again, both with the M3 and the rock trade this month, we did have the situation where we over-adjusted to the upside, uh, partially because of the analytic issue that we had. But, um, you know, hey, it happens, right? And that could have happened whether you had an analytical, depending on the month, could have happened whether you had an analytical issue or not. But, um, but that certainly didn't help us this month because we had the perfect storm for that. We had too much negative delta showing on our analytics, so we over-adjust to the upside, and then we have a, a very hard market down move. So anyway, challenging for that. And then I'm just going to show you the V Condor, which essentially has had no adjustments and looks like this. If the market comes down too much more aggressively, we're going to have to start buying back some of these long strikes. Assuming we don't have to do that, um, we're probably going to expire this in the range of plus $2,500. So that's probably going to be a good trade this month. And of course, if I was nervous, I could always just exit it. But uh, I don't necessarily think there's a need to. I usually hold on to these. So that is the December V Condor. If we take a look at what we've got thus far with the Bearish Butterfly with our 31.2% loss this month. We have a yearly result of uh, plus 107.6, so a very good year for the Bearish Butterfly. In fact, better than our expected 90% uh, planned capital return, so very happy with that this month. Right on target with our wins and losses of 9 and 3, which is completely normal. On the M3 trade thus far, it's not closed, so we're, uh, we're off in that. The other closed trade is going to be the Rock trade with our 10% loss. We have a yearly return of 104%, which is less than I expected, right? We expect around 120 out of a rock trade, but it was a very good year nonetheless. No complaints here whatsoever. We had a better than normal win-loss ratio. We have a 10-2, uh, so very, very good. And the other trades are to be determined, but that's how far we're doing this year. So very good there. As far as the January trades, I'm going to go through this very, very quickly because we are running out of time. Uh, let's see here. January bearish butterfly. Let's go to Wednesday. So here we are. Let's see. January. This is what we looked like as of Wednesday. No adjustments to Wednesday. We are here. We're essentially at the back edge of our tent. So when I get whipsawed and I get back to the back edge of my tent here, I'm typically going to just remove my upper butterflies. And this was, um, if you look at our price charts here, right? we were well below this earlier in the day. 
So, you know, I have a day where, where it's the end of the day, I'm looking at this trade, the market has, has traded below the edge of my tent, uh, I'm near the, my edge of my tent near the end of the day, so right around this area here, in general, is where you want to pull the upper butterfly on a bearish butterfly trade when it comes down. So uh, come in here and pulled off the upper butterfly, and we get a position that looks like this. So we went from that to that. This smooths us out quite nicely. And then moving to Friday, we'll talk about this a little bit as well. So Friday, we're 40 points under our long strike, which is our rollback point. Now, the market's been down a lot. We're coming into a major support level. This is a good time to roll back the bearish butterfly into an M3 trade, right? And typically, in most of my M21 plans, that's what I would do in this case. I'd come back here and I'd say, well, this is where we are. Um, you know, let's roll back, but we're going to roll back into an M3 trade. Of course, that's not by guidelines on the bearish butterfly by itself, but that just talks about how you could dynamically put the trades together and do something different. What the bearish butterfly calls for is just to roll back to near at the money. So I chose to roll back to 11.30 and roll this back to 11.30 to a new position that looks like this. So I went from this to this. This is a little risky. This takes off to the upside. It could be problematic for us. Uh, but if it pushes down and touches 1180 and reverses and uh, it is somewhat reasonable with this bounce, it should be fine. But this could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. We'll see uh, where that goes. But uh, like I said, live trading M21 style, usually what I'm going to do is going to roll back to an M3 here. So that is that. There is our T-log. Uh, that's our T-log there. We have our January M3, which also receives an adjustment on Wednesday. So let's just go back to Wednesday. Right, so we're at 11.50. We are not over our maximum delta, but I am below my short strikes here. And I will tend to roll back um, often in that case. Actually, you know what? This was done on the other model, and this is an interesting. This is an interesting thing. This was done on an, on the other model. Um, this is not necessarily a mandatory rollback point, right? Twenty points under is your mandatory rollback, or plus fifty delta. In this model, it didn't hit that. In our other model, it did. In our other model, it was plus fifty delta, and this is a perfect explanation of a because uh, I was using the old model on Wednesday. I delayed the upgrade. So on the old model, this was a rollback because we were over positive delta. I know we were because I have it noted, and I actually have a, uh, I have it noted here. So uh, anyway, so this ended up getting a rollback, and again, this is this is a this is a differences between the model here, and and also uh, interesting to note the delta difference. So here we end up rolling back to we reduced size to ten lot. We rolled back to eleven twenty with five. Uh, 11, 20, 11, 30 verticals. Had that not been done, it would have been had to be rolled back on Friday. But anyway, here is our new position here. So we went from there to there. Still maintaining some positive delta. 
and then no further adjustments. We didn't need to do anything Friday here. It would be interesting to see if we were in the new model or the old model, if this would have triggered another adjustment point. I think this, uh, this is uh, one of the areas that might be problematic going forward. See, if you go to this other model here, previously, a lot of times the other model would show you more positive delta than this EIOIO model, but now it's showing you more negative delta than this model. So, interesting. So, like I said, I'll, I'll be doing more with this later, but that's, um, but that's one thing to look at. So anyway, according to this model, which is what we're using now, the 7.8 uh, for the trade updates until further notice, we're just using a straight uh, option view variable model. Um, we don't need to do anything, so we are not. And that is what we have. All right, so let's move to our January, uh, let's see, M3, and they have the trades of January V Condor. This trade here got an adjustment on, I think, maybe Thursday. Ah. All right, so this actually got an adjustment on Thursday. Let me go back and forward into Thursday. Another thing with Option View too, it uh, sometimes gives you different numbers if you back into the day rather than go forward into the day. I recommend always going forward into the day. Ah, all right, so again, this is off the old model. And this might be somebody uh, talk, asked me about a V condor, and this may have been what he meant now that I, I go back to you. Know, does it make a difference on the V condor? Um, yeah, so here we have, we sh uh, on our other model, which I reacted off of on Thursday, this had a plus 50 delta, so I bought back two of these 1160 puts. So again, that's a model difference uh, of why that, uh, why that was done. So that was the old position. This is the new position here. Realistically, from a profit and loss standpoint, it actually didn't make a whole lot of difference in whether you bought these back or not. I actually had it both ways. But I didn't realize um, the model difference um, also triggered a difference in the adjustment. So we'll have to watch that. Again, that's the same, the same issue. And that's going to be on all your trades, no matter what you trade. If you trade a vertical, if you trade um, you know, any kind of butterfly, any kind of condor, this model's not showing the uh, the uh, positive delta that the other one did. So you need to be aware of that. Uh, anyway, I bought two of those back Friday. Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but you have another. Um, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of the time. Uh, okay, so anyway, that is the position we have. It's down $221, looks like that. And... That is all we have for positions. We'll be entering the rock trade on Wednesday. We'll be entering. Looks like uh, looks like we have another week for for the uh, and new M3, the new bearish butterfly. So that's what we have going on. And T log for January M3. Just a quick note. Question yes. doesn't get answered. Feel free to post it in the forums for you. Okay, thank you. All right. So, is the M9 trade a bearish butterfly? The M9 trade is not is a bearish butterfly without delta theta rules, and um, that, by the way, would have done fantastic uh, in December. But that is that. Okay. So, 
what are the M21 annual expected returns? M21, you create your own trade plan based on your um, vision of the market. So it can be explosive in the many hundreds of percent for some people, and for others it makes it worse because they're not doing things properly. So a good M21 trader can you know, double anything you can see here easily. A Bad M21 trader. Well, sometimes people are, are, are at their skill level are better to stick off, stick uh, stick to the M3 trades and stuff. Uh, how important is the overview model when I do my live M21 trades? Less important because I know how the trades are going to react and they're predicted ahead of time. I do a lot of stuff off of price points, like we do the SSS trades. Pretty much, I mean, other than your entry delta, pretty much everything is based off of price points. So it doesn't do that. Now, you're, you're more dynamic if you can depend on the T plus zero line. In other words, you can see more uh, issues coming and things like that. So I do, it depends on the type of M21 trade I'm doing. If I'm doing an SSS type of M21 trade, I typically, I don't even need an, an analytical graph for that. Um, if I'm doing the M3, the bearish butterfly, the rock trades, and uh, and I happen to be using those guidelines, then of course it's fairly important. So um, it kind of it kind of depends on what I'm doing for a trade, uh, as far as how important those analyticals are. Analytics are. All right, I have a webinar at 10 o'clock with uh, Options Drive. We got the live position on the M3 trade, which was a a good winner this month here on the trade desk. And I hope to see you there. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next week.